With the COVID-19, people are socially isolated, anxious, and many are experiencing financial difficulties. All of these experiences can lead to risky alcohol use and a range of harms. This series will look at these issues a little more closely and make people aware of alcohol use during these times. So sit back, relax, as we lay down the facts. This is In This Together, You, Alcohol and COVID-19. Welcome to the first episode of this podcast series. My name is Kurt Lewis, your friendly neighborhood podcaster and host. I am joined today by my co-host, Claire. How are you doing, Claire? I'm well, thank you, Kurt. Great to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm great to have you. <laughs> thank you. This historic first episode of the podcast will focus on the main reason why this series exists. Alcohol and COVID-19. Today we will focus on the raw data behind our concerns, how alcohol affects your health and the ways to stay healthy and relaxed without alcohol. In order to help us with this topic is Katerina Georgi, Chief Executive <coughs> Officer of the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education, or FAIR for short. How have you been coping with the COVID-19 restrictions? Thank you for asking, Kurt. I actually feel quite fortunate in this time. I've got a great little family and we're able to spend lots of time together. Uh, it took a bit of adjusting with having my four-year-old in every meeting and around for everyday work because we've been working from home for a couple of months. But more than anything, we're just very lucky to be together, to have each other and to have jobs and this important cause to be working on as well. Definitely. It's, I find it really good to have kind of like some work as well. I imagine a lot of people don't have that kind of same work as what some people aren't able to work from home. I think this whole thing was just thrust upon people. You know, if we'd asked any of us whether this was going to happen three or six months ago, we would have turned around and gone, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. This is completely unprecedented. And for people who were already struggling before now, people who might have been struggling with their mental health, struggling with their alcohol use, who might have been experiencing a range of different inequalities, this time now is really, really, really tough. And the not-for-profit sector has been impacted in so many ways and so and they, their demand has been huge. And so they're the people that I'm really thinking about from day to day and how we can, can help them. But I should ask, Kurt and Claire, how are you both doing? Honestly, I have not left the house uh, for probably a, about a couple of weeks just to get groceries, and it I'm feeling a bit isolated. Like, like I honestly, I'm probably more of an indoor person, but now it's like, oh, it, I have to stay inside now. It's just I, now the really, choice has been taken away, right? Exactly. Yeah. I can't, I, like, yeah. I can't go out and talk to my friends. I have to do it by Zoom, which isn't, which is not the worst thing. Like, I can still communicate, but it's not the same as like hanging out with people if you get measuring it's a whole new dynamic yeah 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 and i feel pretty lucky too i've got two pussy cats and a very lovely partner so the whole isolation thing for me is just reinforcing all of those lovely things so i guess i'm just one of the lucky ones as well and but i do really feel for everybody who hasn't got a job or is stressed and has so many challenges going ahead it's you know it's it's tough and you know talking to my parents even it's been really hard for them you know for older people and so so many different groups of people with so many different types of issues that are that everyone's trying to to cope with 
Yeah, and we should be really honest about it. Like we mm. should. So, Kurt, when you say, you know, actually I'm really missing these things and we should allow for us all to be honest about it and to have these conversations because they're completely different times and our whole world has been turned around. And if we're not talking about it and supporting each other and saying, you know, how can I help? Can I check in? Can we have a chat? Then people are going to struggle even more. Exactly. There's been a lot of concern about alcohol use by Australians during the COVID-19 pandemic from organisations like FAIR. Is there anything you can tell us in that regard? Yeah, Kurt, when I first heard about what was going on around COVID and saw the increasing anxiety, the isolation measures, the, the amount of people who were going to be out of work, heard about people being perhaps confined in their homes with their abusers, if they're in a, a family where family abuse is, is going on, I just thought to myself, this is going to be a really terrible time for these people. And then when we saw the spike in alcohol sales that occurred in March, I got really, really worried then because what we know is that some people use alcohol to cope. What we know is that alcohol exacerbates terrible situations like family violence. And what we know is that when there's more alcohol around them, we see more of these harms. And so we've been having a look at this and trying to understand what's going on. And we've been looking at it in three different ways. So we've asked people what's happening with their drinking. And we found that about one in five households have been saying that they've purchased more alcohol and those people who have purchased more alcohol are drinking more alcohol. We've also found that there are people who are worried about someone else's alcohol use in their home, people who are using alcohol to deal with anxiety, which is one of the worst things that we can do because it actually exacerbates anxiety. And when we look at purchasing data, we've seen spikes in sales in March. Even though we've closed 20% of the alcohol market, which is the pubs, clubs and bars, the majority of the alcohol we drink is from packaged liquor. So that 80% is the things that people take home even in normal times. So when you see a spike in those sales, when we know that harms are already great in those communities, we get really concerned about what that's going to mean. And then the other areas to look at the harm data. And that's the thing that's getting me really worried at the moment because we're seeing an increase in people who are seeking online support. We're seeing an increase in the severity of family violence. And we're even hearing, you know, we heard from the Northern Territory that there was a 15% increase in people who were requiring surgery because of family violence and that that involved alcohol. And those sorts of things just make me feel quite sick to my stomach because just to think about the sorts of things that are going on and the, and the role that alcohol is playing in this, it's mm. something that we should be worried about and it's something we need to get ahead of. That's amazing. Like, it's been a rise in surgery because because of family violence due to alcohol. That's, that's I don't know how to put it into words. It's just very, prof not profound, but just very sad at the end of the day. It's harrowing. It's harrowing. That's, that's, that's yeah. the perfect word yeah. for it, harrowing. What are the reasons why drinking alcohol while being isolated for COVID-19 is such a bad thing? What are the, what are you most worried about apart from, you know, like the obvious family violence? What's what's the harm? Yeah, there are a few harms that come from using alcohol. And so the thing about alcohol is it can be used in so many different ways and then the way that that comes out through various harms is very different. So for people who are saying that they're drinking more daily now or they're starting to drink earlier in the day and we're getting reports of that, then we're worried about alcohol dependence over time because 
that becomes a habit that's hard to break once this initial period of isolation is over. For people who might be using alcohol at at heavy levels, then there are a range of immediate harms to themselves and to the people around them. And also in the longer term, there are things that we're not going to see for many, many years, and that's things like chronic disease. So a lot of people don't know that alcohol causes a, a range of cancers and a range of other conditions. And so those sorts of things will start to unfold over many years to come. So there are lots of different ways that people use alcohol and there are lots of different harms that can come from that. Mm -hmm. And this period is one where we're seeing people more likely to be drinking daily, more likely to be drinking earlier in the day. And also for people who were heavy drinkers, that is potentially increasing and and they're all the areas that we're really concerned about. I guess, Katarina, one thing that is really hard for people themselves as well as health professionals and even politicians who we or your organisation would talk to about this is that all of this is is fairly invisible. It's, it's, it's what's going on in people's minds, their bodies, the way they're responding. Everyone's stuck in their homes. They're not out in pubs and clubs at the moment. So is it an invisible crisis? Is it something, is that, you know, does that make it a lot harder? I think more generally there's an issue with the way that we see alcohol and the way that we think about alcohol. And we often don't talk about these harms that, as you said, Claire, are invisible. But they were happening every day before this crisis happened and we weren't talking about it enough. And then when this crisis hit, to think about the increase in those harms and the impacts on these families, it really brings home the problems that we had that we weren't dealing with before and that we now absolutely need to deal with because the impacts of things like alcohol-fueled family violence, they, they impact on people now, but they also impact on future generations. Mm. And so that's something that we really need to get ahead of. And it's really tricky for us to, to measure these things because some of these data won't come out for some time. You know, when I've been talking to family violence, people who are caseworkers or people who are working in women's organisations, They've been saying to me, well, in some instances, there are a few people seeking support because they can't get to the phone. They can't make a call. They're trapped in their houses all the time with the perpetrator of these harms. And so some of it won't begin to unfold and we won't see the true impact of it for some time. So what can be done now? What should be done now? Well, there's a few really important things that we need to be thinking about. And one is that people don't wake up one day and go, I'm going to drink alcohol because I'm anxious and it sounds like a really good idea. So over many, many years, there's been lots of marketing that's told us if you have a good day, have a drink. If you have a bad day, have a drink. If you have a big week, have a drink. And at the moment, that marketing is just on steroids. It's everywhere. If you scroll through your social media, if you listen to the radio, alcohol companies are pushing this marketing quite a bit. So they're even referring to isolation and they're telling people that the way to cope or to get through isolation is to use alcohol. And those sorts of things just shouldn't be allowed. So when people are particularly vulnerable and we're having these harms, we just shouldn't have that sort of advertising in place. Online delivery is something that's that's quite big as well. And so we need to be thinking about things like rapid delivery where you call up and you order and then alcohol comes to your house. That should be stopped late at night because I can't really think of a good reason why someone should be able to call at 10 o'clock at night to order a bottle of vodka to their house. That sort of thing is being used to top up Mm. at a time when people are already intoxicated and it just shouldn't happen. So there are just some common sense measures where we can be trying to prevent the harm from alcohol through those sorts of things. 
and those sorts of things need to happen now. And the truth is that there is a, a packaged liquor market across Australia of which Coles and Woolworths own 70% that is profiting significantly off this particular time and they saw significant increases in their profits over January to March because of COVID and they saw a shift towards bulk and cheaper products as well. And so there's a responsibility for us to be making sure that these uh, companies are, are not doing things that will exacerbate these harms. Exactly. They should be responsible for that sort of thing. I'm curious though, what happens after this immediate period of isolation? Life will be different for a while. How will changes over the next year impact on people's drinking? It's a really good question, Kurt, because we've been focusing a lot on isolation now. And we know that over the next few weeks, that'll be wound back. But at different phases, people are going to go through different experiences that we haven't had before. Um, so there's going to be more job losses. There's going to be financial uncertainty. There's potentially going to be a recession. And all of those things impact on the stress that people feel. They impact on people's alcohol use. They impact on people's relationships. And so we need to not just be thinking about this immediate period of isolation, but what happens over the next six months, what happens over the next year, what happens over the next two years, and how we can be supporting people through those times. So we know, for example, in recessions that there are some people who will drink a lot more and there are some people who will, will drink less because they'll have less money available. And for those people who are drinking a lot more, then we need to be thinking about what are the other stresses that they'll have in life, how might those harms transpire and how can we prevent them? You know, FAIR exists to keep communities healthy and well and to, to stop these harms that happen because of alcohol. So how can we be thinking about how this might be playing out so that we can get ahead of this, so that we have fewer families that are experiencing these harms, so we have fewer people who are experiencing these harms? And especially in terms of family violence as well. Yeah, I, I came into this role a couple of months ago and it was just as all of this was unfolding and I got to Easter after the big spike in sales that we saw in March and I know that over holidays for people who are already struggling with their alcohol use or where there might be someone in a household that abuses alcohol and that impacts on other people in their household, that holidays are a tricky time for them already and a really difficult time and there's increased harms. So to add to that, that huge deluge in, in alcohol sales, to add to that the additional stress, to add to that what's going on in COVID, like I, it makes me feel really sick to my stomach to think about what's going on and I just keep thinking you know there's more that we can be doing there's so much more that we can be doing and we have to be thinking about people we have to be thinking about the harms these people are experiencing we have to think about their health we have to think about the community and if that conversation's not happening if the conversation you know focuses on how we fix the economy then these people who were invisible who were already experiencing this harm for whom this harm is even greater they'll be completely forgotten and that's the thing that I'm really worried about and that's the thing that keeps us going and that's the thing that really focuses our attention and has us connect with our range of communities to hear what's going on and to see how we can help because I don't want anybody to be experiencing that. Exactly. If people are worried about their alcohol use what can they do? 
So there are a few different things that, that we can be doing. The first thing is if you're feeling anxious, alcohol doesn't help. It actually makes things worse. So it's best to avoid alcohol altogether. Uh, if you do drink, then it's it's really important that we drink within the guidelines. So that's no more than four standard drinks on a day and no more than 10 standard drinks across a week. If you're seeing lots of alcohol ads and marketing, you know, switch off the social media and, and try and take some time out. And more broadly, know that the world has changed and the world is different right now and is going to be over the next few months and over the next couple of years. And so try and be kind to yourself and try and think about new routines and new environments that make you just reassess the, the way that the world is and the expectations on yourself during this time. Kurt and Claire, there there are lots of things we can be doing, but it's also really important to know that mm. there's a role for governments in keeping people healthy and safe. And we've seen this. We've seen the, the amazing role that governments can play when it's about keeping people safe and the amazing things that they've done to stop COVID-19 from being as big a risk as it has been in other countries. So it'd be great to see government step up and take that role across uh, alcohol use and reducing the harms and mental health and all the other secondary health impacts we're going to see. And that there is also absolutely an industry that's profiting from these harms and they're engaging in some behaviours that really need to be wound back and need to be stopped. Because a community, we've said during this time, you know what, the most important thing is our health and it would be great if we could continue that, uh, not just in a time of crisis, but all of the time. It's a wonderful framing to focus the community, to focus government, to focus policy, and let's hope that this leadership does continue well into the future in preventive health. Absolutely. We've got a great framework now. We've seen it unfold. It would be great to see it continue. I find that we often only think about our health when people are sick mm. or when it's at immediate risk and we go, oh, wow, I feel so grateful that I'm healthy. Yeah. But imagine if we thought about it all the time. Like imagine mm. if we thought about being well and how we can help to not just make ourselves well but make our communities well and have our families be well and, and what sort of world or outcome we could achieve. You know, that's that's mm. what I'm really well, pleased to be part of and, and, yeah, really pleased to be able to talk to you both about. Mm. And at least do no harm, that's number one. Absolutely. Mm. I was just wondering off the top of my head, is there anything that an individual could do if they're worried about a person's alcohol use? That's a really great question, Kurt. Uh, if you're worried about your own or alcohol use or the alcohol use of someone else in your household, then our fairs created a website during this time and a bunch of resources that might be able to help. So if you visit www.fare.org.au, then you'll be able to find those resources and be able to see the sorts of supports that are available for you or a family member or friend that you might be worried about. We'll stick that link in the show notes below. So if anyone looking for that link, they can just go to the show notes, click on it. It'll all be there for you. Excellent. Just one last question. Earlier, we were talking about being stuck in home. I was I was talking about feeling a brother isolated myself yeah. because of COVID-19. Would there any be suggestions about activities that people could do while staying at home that doesn't involve alcohol, just for all those Kurts out there who are feeling isolated? Yeah, I think Kurt and Claire, the things that we can be doing are the things that make us happy. So 
I think that that's what we need to try and reflect on. Think to yourself, what are the things that make me happy? And if it's talking to a mate, then how do we talk to a mate now? If it's going for a run, then go for a run. If it's watching, binge watching your favorite TV series, then binge watch your favorite TV series. So just think about the things that actually do make us happy and well and try and do those things and try and develop a new routine around those things as well. And also reach out if you're not feeling great and and let people know because people are the best support and people want to find ways to help. And so pick up that phone and and make that call and then someone can be checking in and and having conversations and doing all of those things that make us feel great. There's there's definitely a lot of avenues for people out there. So if you want to communicate with a mate, there's options like Skype, FaceTiming or Zoom. I think I now have 27 different apps that allow me to do that. Yes. Uh, And my daughter who's four even has apps that allow her to do that. (laughs) I know, they're becoming really popular now. Uh, it's all becoming popular now. There's a lot of free services, a lot of streaming stuff out there for people. Like the Tiger King has definitely become popular just because <laughs> of this, the COVID-19 restrictions, I suspect. But there's, yeah, there's a lot out for people. And if you, it's all out if you're ready to take advantage of it, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, we're really lucky to have all of these tools available to us. And I know in my family that's meant that we can still speak to Nonna and Nono and still stay connected to Granny and Pop and and send letters. We've been sending letters and pictures and it's been really lovely to be able to do that. And I feel very fortunate to be able to be using this time to think about ways to connect with people because I know for a lot of people, they're just struggling so much and, and need that additional help. So also think about the people, you know, on your street who might be on their own and might need that extra conversation and you know, drop a letter off to them or knock on their door and have a, a socially isolated conversation um, or take them some chocolate. Mm. Uh, just reach out to let people know that you care and you're thinking of them. Uh, is there anything you want to add, Claire? No, look, I just think that's lovely. I think it's it's so nice to talk through the issues and through the positives and the and the challenges that different people are facing at this time. And I think that whole message of reach out if you can, that's just the number one thing to do. And that let's not keep this as an invisible problem. Let's talk about it and keep that conversation going. Well, thank you for your time, Katarina. It's been a awesome chatting with you. It's awesome that we've got all this stuff in place that there's challenges out there but with there's also solutions and help that can be provided to people in who are in need yeah thank you for for everything thank you kurt and thanks for you know having us to have this conversation about how we can keep our communities healthy and well not just now but well into the future Thank you for listening to this episode of In This Together, You, Alcohol and COVID-19. Please tune in next week for another episode of this podcast series. If you like this episode of the podcast, then please subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. The copyright of this podcast is owned by FAIR and No Fasdy Australia. All rights reserved. For information about the content of this episode, then please check the show notes below.